0: Welcome everyone to Sumerius Harem, the ninth episode of my podcast and I have a very special guest here today with me, Sherwin Ng of the House of Kite Kuala Lumpur. Sherwin is so many things which you're about to find out but to me Sherwin is a very very dear teacher who has shown me what it means to be grounded in spirituality, something that I have not come across in any other teacher the way Sherwin embodies. That to me is my greatest gift from him. He is a feng shui teacher. Actually, I'm going to go as far as calling him a uh, feng shui master. Uh, He's he's a batza specialist, he is a Goddess Alchemy Practitioner. He is a Tantra Specialist. He knows Ayurveda. I believe that's that's the, the latest course he's done. I the, the list is endless. And for me, I have personally been a student of his Egyptian alchemy, going all the way with him to Egypt. What a wonderful trip it was. I will not spend much time introducing myself. Samira Verin Gill, you know who I am. I am a healer and a certified sex and relationships coach. This is my podcast. Over to you, Sherwin. I would love if you could spend some time telling us who you are and how you got to be all these things.
1: All right. Wow. Um, that was a very lovely introduction. It's it's always Different you know, hearing it from uh, from someone and it's uh it's, it's a wonderful uh recap, you know, just receiving and also getting reminded of why why I do what I do and um it's yeah, it's very uh, invigorating to say the least. Um yeah, what what do I do? Um the the many different um, modalities that I've gone through and also offered over the last um, 10 to 12 years. Um, they all boil down to the same purpose and and function. And also, I've come to realize that um, people who come to me or students who who come to me, they're all seeking that one thing. Um, We call it alchemy, but um, essentially, it is about transformation. Um, Transforming, for example, from a denser state or a more limited, fearful state, and just alchemizing, if we could use such a word, um, becoming a little bit more open, uh, a little bit less limited, more, more empowered um, in, in so many different ways. So that that is what that is how I would define alchemy as. And um, yeah, so over the years, um, no matter what I offer, the outcome is for. Alchemy, you know, for transformation, and um, well, I, I guess it's it's not always the uh, a, a bed of roses. Yeah, um, transformation and alchemy, spiritual alchemy, Egyptian alchemy, always requires the process of purification, um, energetically or even like uh, figuratively stepping through the fire. Um, allowing the dross or the heaviness that which is uh, so-called impure that is not us or or the parts of us that are illusions to slowly be revealed and then to slowly be uh, dissolved released and uh, really let go Um, but because we're all humans any process of letting go is always uh, difficult um, all change is uncomfortable, even though we know that the change is for the better. The change is uh, moving us towards um, more freedom, more joy, more um, more abundance even. Uh, the purification process is always uh, that, that challenge and that, that struggle. Some, for some people, it's a physical struggle, um, which means it, it can manifest as physical uh, discomfort, physical symptoms. Uh, for many others, it it is uh, an emotional purification, uh, which manifests as uh, all our emotions slowly being like, uh, like bursting out uh, onto the surface, and uh, it, it can get overwhelming at times. So that is where uh, the uh, what we call the the practices come in: uh, the breathing practices, the grounding practices. Uh, so these are the required tools to, for lack of a better word. Keep us sane while we go through, while we process all these emotions, or, or sometimes even like crazy thoughts. Um, I think most people on the spiritual path would would understand that like half the time we're wondering whether we're going crazy or not. Yeah.
0: Wow, you're you're absolutely right. When it <laughs> comes to the spiritual journey, there hmm. is no one path. It's, it's been a crazy ride for me as well. Mm. Many days I do wonder if I'm going crazy or absolutely right there. And that word comes with so much taboo at the same time. So mm. anyone out there who, who's on that path, know that we hear you, we see you, and crazy is what you define it to be right now. Thank you, Sherwin, yeah. for that validation. Yeah. Um, Purification. Mm. You mentioned oh, the yes. word purification, and I hear this one a lot. Would you help us to understand what it is?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is one of the most important uh, thing. Um, many people, uh, or like new spiritual seekers, especially when they, they come into the the path of seeking the self or transforming the self. Um, I, especially back back in the old days, like years and years ago, not many people talk about purification. Um, and again, I'm very grateful to my teachers like from the start. They always prepared us, uh, uh, especially in Egyptian alchemy. So anytime you try to shift, we try to push to evolve, there will be resistance because the nature of all things in this world, um, and especially with humans, you know, the law of inertia, we try to uh, stay in one spot or stay in in our comfort zone. And uh, in order to break out from any form of comfort zone uh, requires effort um, and that we will always meet some form of resistance. So the process of breaking through the resistance is um, what purification is all about. When we purify, means we uh, consciously try to break or dissolve away. Uh, an existing resistance. Uh, For example, the resistance could be an attachment to uh, certain ways of doing things, uh, attachment to certain uh, worldviews, belief system, or attachment to certain uh, emotions, uh, uh, behavioral patterns. Again, even though we may know on a conscious level that those patterns are not healthy for us, but on an unconscious level, um, we, are, we are we are so comfortable, and therefore we have become attached to those patterns um, emotionally or even mentally. And therefore, to actively try to break away from that requires um, so much effort, and the the actual breaking away itself will manifest as great discomfort, um, and and that is what uh, essentially being. Uh, purified is when uh, we bring in um, energies, higher energies, to help us push through or dissolve um, those prior attachments. Uh, and yeah, it's painful. Every time we have to say goodbye to something, uh, especially something that, um, imagine um, having had a certain pattern for many, many years, or in some cases, many lifetimes. And now you say, okay, I'm going to say goodbye to this pattern that has served me well once but it's no longer needed but you know saying goodbye is always hard so we are being purified and sometimes it comes with tears sometimes it comes with again like i mentioned earlier uh, uh, bodily uh, symptoms discomfort Uh, some examples that i myself have went through i always had fever in the early days just before uh, a big class or before going in uh, for some training or retreat so i know uh, my body was like reacting, like uh, res- resisting. And um, also proverbially, we call it like as we step into the flame, um, the body heat also increases to to burn out any form of old, old toxins and um, energetic entanglements and energy cords and, and so forth. And so, yeah, how we react to this purification can also manifest in uh, Different ways being purified uh, never really gets easier. Although, with uh, as our awareness goes and we understand the process, and we know we are going through a purification that makes it easier to go through, versus you know, in the early days, you really think you're going crazy like, what's happening to my body? Um, why is everything around me like falling apart? Yeah, so all that are very, very common signs of being purified as we prepare to enter something uh, something different, uh, a higher stage in our life, or um, I would say a deeper stage, a deeper understanding of who we are. So anytime there is a transition, there is a shift, there is a form of a- any way of transformation, there will be purification because we need to break through certain resistances. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is a very clear explanation to me about what purification is. I did not see um, the thread of attachment there actually in a in a very acute growth led way. Because one of the one of the biggest um, problems for me when I came into spirituality was the ego, and I didn't know it was my ego. Mm. I thought you know all my gifts and all of these things would just mean that I'm special. Mm and mm. <laughs> little did i know that what that meant was also the opening that was happening inside me emotionally that was now giving me this clarity on you know this stuff isn't for you all of this stuff isn't who you are and you mm. need to you need to get rid of it it just felt heavy all of a sudden and it was it was very very scary but at the same time the ego made it mm. even harder because it made you want to believe in you know in superiority like you you your whole you, you yeah. just look for something that gives you that that extra over someone else when when little did I realize how interconnected we were we all were and how how much growth I, I had from that point on. Um, and that leads me to 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 my next question. You know we're all we're all gifted we all have many, many talents, but what is that one thing that is going to get us through in our spiritual journey. What, what, what mm. would you say that is? Oh,
1: oh um. hmm. the uh, b- before that, I, I, think I will just uh, talk about our the human ego, which is a very fascinating uh, yeah. construct. Yeah. yeah. On one hand, on, on mm-hmm. one hand, our ego helps us navigate. Uh, the physical world, uh, to, to survive, to, to stay safe in, uh, in in the physical world. And on the other hand, our ego gets attached to things, uh, gets attached to um, the control. Um, and most of all, our ego is constantly seeking um, ways to validate or amplify our self-worth, forgetting that we, are, you know, we actually don't have to prove our worth to anyone and... Um, D- discovering our true value is, is truly an, an inside job. And it, it, it can never be uh, fully externalized or consolidated externally. Yeah. So uh, every time we go through a purification, it is the ego that is being challenged. That's why it feels so, so, so difficult. Ah,
0: um,
1: of course. Yeah, it's of course. the struggle of the ego. Um, there, mm-hmm. there is this uh, joke about, um, not joke, a saying, like when, when we exercise, uh, and when we sweat, that is our fats crying. So similarly, when we uh, experience a breakthrough or purification, it is our ego crying. It's, oh no, I'm being dissolved. Yeah.
0: Yep, that is very very true. Yeah that that is alchemy. That is alchemy. The, the, the real you coming out. And my yeah. goodness, my goodness, does it
1: hurt? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. And sometimes um, it, it physically hurts as well. It's, it's yeah, yes. very strange. So uh, yes. that, that, I think, brings us to um, uh, our, our gifts, uh, our soul gifts. Uh, every time, the, each layer we purify uh, from the ego, more of our soul and our truth, Uh, who we truly are, is slowly being revealed. That's why in in all the ancient um, schools, they always use the symbol of the flower, the the lotus uh, flower or the rose, because I think that um, symbolises the the unfurling process, the opening, and there's so many layers. Um, We we go through the outer layers, and we slowly come into the middle layers, and before uh, we reach the, uh, the innermost sacred Uh, layers of our soul. And even then, when we reach the inner layers, another flower blooms from within. So we have another set of layers to work through. Um, On one hand, for many uh, beginners, they might feel like, oh, it's it's a never-ending journey. So why bother? It's so tiring. Um, On the other hand, we we can also look at this like, wow, it is a never-ending journey. It's amazing. And there's always so much more to explore. And I I think with every layer and every petal that we go through, a different soul gift um, emerges. And um, so the challenge challenge then becomes, do we trust what we feel is emerging from within us? Um, And secondly, uh, are we grounded enough to receive those gifts Uh, harness it with um, practice and training, and then, in most cases, offering it out uh, to the world. Um, We we come into this lifetime, this this body and this world, all bearing gifts, and all these gifts are instrumental in the overall healing, um, contributing to the evolution of the, the the world at large to to humanity um and well, before i go any further a lot of times uh, people come to me and they ask so what's my purpose in life No, like oh how do i w- end world hunger how do i heal the world which is a very um uh, vast uh somewhat idealized um, approach to spirituality and what uh, i've seen uh over the years is that as we heal ourselves as we uh, go through our own purification and transformation, alchemy, and as our self-awareness grows, somehow or other, we would just naturally bring healing to our environment, to the people around us, to the space around us, to the very air and energy around us. So it is a very natural process. So what I'm trying to say is that instead of worrying about How can I change the world with with my gifts? I think we should look at it the other way around. As I discover and recover my own soul gifts through working uh, through all the different layers within the self, through self-understanding, through self-transformation, automatically we will know what to do with those gifts and how to best uh, offer them into the world. Some gifts can be offered directly as a you know, service or as a teaching and, and sharing. Some gifts are not so direct. It could be um, something as simple as, as you enjoy being alone, you bring healing to the to the land, uh, wherever you are. So some people have that as well. Um, so not all gifts are, are so obviously tangible, but what is definitely uh, for sure is that Everyone has many many gifts waiting to unfold. Yeah, so that is the amazing journey.
0: Everyone has many many gifts waiting to unfold. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful, and that's that's what we're we're we're. I mean, for me, I I, I totally resonate with that because this journey has really helped me claim my power back on mm. what what those are the meaning of the word power has been totally mm, redefined power. for me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been amazing. Thank you for that. Mm. Okay, you speak about humanity. Um, mm. You speak about, you know, uh, this process that it feels like it takes forever and it is a lifetime thing. Where does that take us in 2023 and beyond? I know you just did a forecast. Mm. It wasn't a forecast. It was actually... Would I, would you call it a forecast? Period nine. It was a um, it was mm, part, an it. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So uh, yes. basically, it's um, understanding uh, what we as 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 Earth and as all humans what we are entering into um, in in 2020 because of the alignment of the two actually three great planets. So the energy is entering a new uh, a new period, a new age. Um, not so much the age of Aquarius yet, but we are getting there. So we can call this the age of uh, fire and light. Uh, so essentially, that is what uh, in Chinese metaphysics they call uh, the period eight or the age of, sorry, the period nine, uh, age of nine. Oh, and this is your ninth uh, episode, do you say?
0: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here we are. Yay. Uh, um,
0: yeah,
1: so uh, period nine is about the uh, energy. Is about um, spirituality, uh, but essentially it is about awareness. So again, the, the conundrum happens is when people confuse spirituality with um, uh, like just rituals and uh, certain beliefs and still very uh, outward-seeking, uh, very externalized form of um, spirituality. But the true fire element is always about inner illumination. How do you find and um, discover your inner light? How do you let it shine? Again, this, this um, parallels, it, it, it really goes hand-in-hand hand with what we talked about earlier about our gifts, the inner gifts, the unfurling of the inner gifts. So again, coming back to that inner journey, uh, who am I really? Uh, when we take away you know, all the labels and roles in, in our lives, who, who am I or, or what am I? And then who do I want to become? What do I want to become next? So just understanding that we do have the power to choose and make different choices uh, as we move into uh, the coming uh, 20-year cycle, uh, or rather 40-year cycle. Um, And overall, more people are in a way forced to learn and realize that everyone uh, has the power to choose, and we should be using our power to choose what we want for our lives. And whatever we think that um, is, we, we don't want, we don't like, is no longer useful or healthy for our lives, we also get to choose again, make new choices and different choices, uh, instead of the always ways of um, experiencing this world is through waiting to be saved. Uh, and we see a lot of this in the uh, older religions. There's always this uh, designated savior. Um, which is a, a whole long story on its own anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, new, um, our, our new understanding of power is that instead of waiting to be saved, we need to take full responsibility of what we uh, create in this world, uh, knowing that we are powerful beings. So we are not sitting ducks and waiting for things to happen. Uh, and of course we shouldn't be as well, we are given the capacity, the wisdom, the intellect and the manifestation abilities, the life force to reshape the world into something that is healthier firstly for ourselves and eventually, um, naturally, it will also serve um, the good of others. Yeah. So this is what uh, we are moving into. Again, of course, Coming back to purification, as we move out of the old ways, old belief system, there's always that resistance and struggle. So the last um, two, two coming three years is, is really um, the whole world is being purified. And um, even with, with the lockdowns and everything, we were forced to stay put and look at our lives and, and really look at who we are. Uh, Even though it was a very difficult time for most people, uh, it was a very trying time financially. But beneath all that external chaos, we are all forced to have a deeper look at ourselves and our environment. What what have we done in our lives? How have we utilised our creative ability to create or not? Yeah. So I think we are still emerging out from the woodwork, not fully out yet. Uh, But it is really exciting to see um, what is coming in the next few years because that will pave the way for the, uh, the next 20 to 40 years. And it will be huge because it is a way of living, a way of spirituality and a way of awareness that we have never seen before and I suspect could never have imagined prior to this. Yeah, so... My, my personal mission now is to stay healthy and stay alive so that I can really see the glorious things that are about to come.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, that sounds so exciting. It sounds so exciting. And the, and the term that I have made a note of here from um, the, the, the course over the weekend was mm. spiritual renaissance. I love oh, that term. Yeah. It just Christmas. makes my hair stand. It makes me want to dance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I like how you say stay alive You use that a lot as well I'm like, uh, I really mm. want to stay alive as well But I never mm. ever thought about how that could be challenging Actually mm. um, And you're, you're right We really have to take care of our body Through this time mm. um, It is yeah all about the body now it's all about how we feel through it how we relate to it it's 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 Mm. everything so thank you thank you for that realization um and you know despite this excitement right there's a lot out there how you know 2030 or 2032 or 2040 is like this you know the golden age and how everything Ah. will be love and light and and you know it feels so great but what i also Mm. picked up was that actually the light and the dark come together so would Mm. you like to elaborate a little bit about that
1: oh yes it it reminded me of um um someone uh, commented on my facebook recently a friend and uh, said uh, our our prayer for the future is that uh, shadow work becomes mainstream yes
0: please shadow work mainstream mainstream
1: um, talking about the shadow, it also reminds me, if you look back at all the uh, ancient mythology um, and the, the spiritual tales, uh, the beginning of time, the beginning of creation, it always begins with total darkness you know, from the void and then only light emerges. So yes. this is something that we need to remember because yes, we are heading into the age of light, but where does the light come from? Where does the light explode or emerge from? It is from the darkness. So we have to start to understand what is this so called darkness or, or shadow, uh, those two terms. And um, only by addressing the shadow, we can allow light to be uh, allow light to burst forth, you know, in, into this world. So that's why shadow work is so important. So what what is shadow work? Uh, essentially, it's about looking at. The, the parts of us that are in the shadows, that are unconscious, that are uh, not obvious or that are hidden. So a lot of it is also, sometimes what we call ego work as well, trying to observe our ego. What is it trying to hide? Or why we do certain things that we do. So this is where spirituality overlaps with psychology. Because in psychology, we study the, the unconscious mind, subconscious mind and all that. So this it becomes very helpful to know Um, that in in all humans, the way we function is basically we have our conscious uh, awareness, then we have that subconscious state, which is in deep meditation, or when we sleep and dream, then we have the the whole 80% of it is just unconscious. A lot of our uh, unconscious patterns are inherited perhaps from our ancestral lineage, or perhaps we have picked up from society, or even coping mechanisms that are unconscious so much. And of course, if you go deeper and deeper into the uh, the iceberg, we will reach um, our past lives even. So patterns and, and uh, mindsets that we have uh, brought forth from our previous uh, lifetimes, karmic patterns. So shadow work essentially is finding ways to slowly make all these unconscious patterns more and more conscious. Even... The act of um, or the desire to make these things more conscious is bringing light. So, in in the old uh, days, the old scriptures, they always talk about light and dark, but they they don't spell out uh, literally what is the dark, where is the light. So, it is true. This, the thing we call inner work or the inner journey. So, coming back one one whole circle, um, I, I would love to summarize the spiritual path always begins with inner work. If, if there is no inner work, then I don't believe it is a spiritual path. I know it sounds very harsh, and yeah, for everyone it's different and all that, but there has to be some form of greater self-awareness. And because without awareness, how that, can there be any healing, A, and B, transformation, and of course, C, bringing true unconditional goodness. We always use the analogy of the cup. If your cup is empty, how can can you nourish those um, around us and in our lives? So um, from a more realistic and grounded approach to the spiritual path, we are always reminded to fill our cup first. Fill it so much, have it so nourished until it just overflows. And the nature of our own joy and abundance overflowing, it will just seep out to the land around us. It will uh, flow to those uh, in our lives, in our soul group. Automatically, we don't even have to think, who am I going to offer this to? Who am I going to give it to? And uh, do I have enough to give? But because we are overflowing, giving becomes truly unconditional. I believe if our cups are not full and overflowing, everything that we give and do is subconsciously conditional as much as we like to think that oh no I am so noble so spiritual and I'm giving and have no expectations but on an unconscious level if your energy is not full your cup is not full I don't think one is able to give truly unconditionally what do you think All
0: right I absolutely agree with you and you know when when you speak about Shadow work. Um mm-hmm. I, I find an incredible alignment um with today's energy. I, I just I mean I was wondering what to call what what, what to name the topic of today's podcast. Mm. And it I think this is going to be the title, Shadow Work right. is going to be in there because everything, everything that um yes. we have spoken about up till now is impossible without it.
1: Mm. Exactly. It's yeah, totally.
0: It's so powerful and it is actually not that difficult. The difficulty is us surrendering.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess we can also say purification is essentially shadow work. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Mm. You're,
0: You're right. You're right. It is. Um, it is is it's being able to dig to 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 see that. and when I when I do it on my on myself, um, mm-hmm. it is the most difficult thing to mm. own that yeah. part of you. Um, it's gotten easier after the first massive shift, mm-hmm. but there are always layers that just make you go. If I show the world this, mm-hmm. I feel, like I will never be accepted. I feel like I yeah. will disown, be disowned yeah, be when...
1: utterly humiliated.
0: Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh big one, big one. Shadow work, yeah. It's um, painful.
0: It's painful. Thank you so much for for that that very clear explanation of shadow work and how how it is going to be a, a massive pillar for the next dawn. 20, 40 mm. years, period nine? Yeah.
1: And w- without uh, really doing ample shadow work collectively, I don't think we can reach the spiritual renaissance um, at all. Yeah.
0: Okay, wait, wait, wait. Mm. What you're saying is that mm. the work we do determines the spiritual renaissance. So we yes. have to do the work to get there. Yes. So it's not and just going to happen. Okay. Yeah.
1: It, it, no. Yeah. So that is one of the other um, anomalies or strange things that I've discovered. Like uh, even when studying astrology, there are um, precursors and markers. So the planetary alignments are markers. They give us the potential of what is to come. However, in order to manifest the heavenly potential onto Earth, we have to take steps, like um, uh, tangible uh, action. Conscious action to really make it happen. So that is why I believe, uh, you know, the 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 years for years and years, people have been debating when is the age of Aquarius, like and yeah, thousands of yes. years apart and all that. So how I see it is that the age of Aquarius will start to happen, will truly, truly come in when we collectively manifest it, when we are ready for it. Um, that means um, emotionally ready, spiritually ready, and. We make it happen. So that would be the, uh, the the so-called age of Aquarius or the spiritual renaissance. Yeah. And how, how do we get there? Shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. Purification, purification, purification. Not the most fun. Ah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I think that is going to be a reality check for a lot of people. Um, that mm. to me is grounded spirituality. Inner work, doing the work, is everything. It's mm. not just listening to this podcast. It's not just reading a post on Instagram or Facebook. It's <laughs> about reflecting where it's going to hit you, and mm. making the change.
1: Yeah, one of the people always wonder where where do we start? Like, how, how do I even start um, this thing called shadow work? I think um, what what I've also like written like my book is. Um, Find the lesson, no matter what happens. Um, find the lesson. What am I supposed to learn from this? Of course, when uh, certain difficult, difficult things, uh, emotional things happen, it's uh, we sometimes can't stay above the, the, the waters and, and stay uh, reasonable and uh, remember to look for the lesson. But after that, you know, when you calm down a bit, you know, so what I always do is uh, take uh, many, many deep breaths, as many deep breaths as you need, or or maybe just a few days after when you feel more calm and just come back to this golden question, what is the lesson? I believe this question is an important prompt uh, that helps us look into the shadow um, rather than staying uh, in a, a victimized state of feeling powerless. Find the lesson. Um, yeah, so that's the first first step into what we call shadow work, like seeing what what we have not yet learned, what we have not yet seen or understood, and now have um, potentially uh, a new step into our personal mastery. Find the lesson. Um, Again, uh, shadow work, uh, especially when we go through deep emotions, when we go into a layer of uh, deep shame, especially uh, feelings of shame and guilt, uh, it is definitely advisable, even for myself, Um, to to get support from um, people who can support you, facilitators, healers, therapists. Uh, I myself have three different mentors that I go to for different things and they support me through their sessions uh, to go through it, Uh, which I think for for many students, uh, especially in the early years, they are surprised to find out that I myself... um, Engage or receive support from other um, practitioners and facilitators and mentors, and uh, because I I don't believe that we are meant to go through this work, especially in the shadow, we are not meant to go through it alone. We are meant to traverse the shadows together, and we can hold space for each other. Um, and and imagine how I always imagine the process is when we hold space for. Uh, each person to go into their shadow, we all come out from uh, the shadow with some light. So it's a very nice uh, feeling uh, as well.
0: Yes, that is a very, very nice feeling. Hmm. I'm I'm intrigued by Hmm. this concept of the cup and unconditional love. You know, mm. we, we you mentioned that just now that, yeah. um, you know, without that cup being full, we can never truly experience unconditional love. And mm. when I when I feel the term unconditional love, you know, I have an image of um, the goddess here in Glastonbury. From Glastonbury, it's a print. Mm. And um, when whenever I think of Glastonbury, I think it's the closest ever manifestation of unconditional love that I've ever experienced. I would agree um, to that. Mm. It, it was just, it was just magical. Um, and I, I haven't been to all the world's power centers, of course. Um, but but for me, what what this one offered was, I mean, I, I learned that each center is going to give us a different experience, a different gift, a mm. different opening, a different, different value. Yeah. And... Um, i'm i was i was in awe i was in awe of everything about you know that that space and the meaning of love and how you can be at that place and you could have that experience and someone else won't um it's it's all about where you're at your personal journey and your understanding of unconditional love and it doesn't make Mm. anyone better than the other it just is what it is and um what what is is the connection with Glastonbury? What is your connection with Glastonbury? I know you've led a, an, um, an amazing secret trip to Glastonbury before Egypt. Um, how 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 did that yeah. happen? Why? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, before my first uh, sacred journey with students back to Egypt, um, it took me many many years to prepare for that, and uh, part of the preparation was um, Glastonbury. Uh, it was also my uh, alchemy teacher that told me to, to go to Glastonbury. Um, so I went there, I can't remember which, year, I think it's 2014 or fifteen. And uh, when I went there, I even before reaching there, I fell ill. And uh, my left lung was just so congested. And I was like just coughing and coughing, uh, stuff. Um, but I understood it as a purification, a heart purification. And it, it's truly a magical place. And um, I remember because we, we were driving towards it from, uh, from Heathrow. And the moment we approached, uh, even though there were no signs and all I, I knew I had entered a certain bubble, a certain energy, and it was just so different. Uh, I, I, I almost want to say that I was brought back in time, but um, there's something about the land there. And of course, uh, we all know about the, the, the wells, Chalice Well, and then the White Well. Just yeah. next, next to each other. Um, one is underneath the tor, the which is the hill. So a lot of the masculine, feminine energies. Um, and I, I would go so far as to say my my true first real awakening to, to the goddess, uh, to the womb, to the Holy Grail, um, is, is from Glastonbury. And um, through my experience there and coming back from there, I was... Never, ever the same. Like something has opened up. The you can say the heart has opened up. A um, womb space has opened up. That, that goddess connection, um, really, really, for me, um, began there. And subsequently, I've gone, gone back every year. And there was one year I went there three times. Um, not, not just. Uh, eventually, I, 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 went back with students. But there were many times when I, I needed a, a an energy. Uh, restoration a soul break that would spend a few days there and just uh, drink from the well or just be in that space it is a very unconditional space yeah and yeah the holy grail i think the holy grail is part of that spiritual symbology of the filling your own inner cup first
0: yeah Indeed, filling your own inner cup first. The the words that I received from from there was "let it go, let it go." It's um it's as though I was holding on to things that, that were preventing me from realizing the meaning of that. You know, the the cup being full. Mm. That I mean, we are we are always our own worst enemies. And it was a profound awakening of the meaning of love. So I, I, I so recommend everyone to check Glastonbury yeah. out at some point. I mean, it's it's synonymous with the Glastonbury Music Festival, but there's a reason why the music festival thrives in Glastonbury. It's mm, yeah. um, and is then, beautiful energy. And, and to visit
1: on. the well, the Chalice Well. Yes. And just spend some quiet time there, drink from the well, and and my my first trip a lot of people ask me is like, oh what what revelations you had there nothing i just had a good time there felt great uh, i was focused on healing my, my body and all that and sometimes these revelations are not always dramatic or not always intense but as your body shifts as the you know the the, the analogy of the inner uh, rose uh, slowly unfurls it, it, these revelations can just gently come up as a knowing or a revelation can also mean your intuition becomes clearer stronger um, easier to work with and connect with uh, yeah so i i just want to add that sometimes people go there with a certain expectation because they heard so much about it and say oh uh, where is uh, like how do i um, uh, ascend or um, do, do i find my uh, true self or my soulmate and all that so sometimes it's not like that the, the changes, the healing, and the revelations can come uh, after and in very subtle, gentle ways. Because, especially for Glastonbury, it's a very gentle, uh, loving energy, uh, quite different from uh, Egypt. Egypt can be a very intense, almost harsh energy that will almost like break, break the ego. And yeah, so much more intense. So, a nice balance or a good place to start is, is Glastonbury.
0: Oh, dear. So I did it the other way around. <laughs> 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 Was meant to be, I guess.
1: Uh, um, crash course. <laughs>
0: massive, massive crash. This entire thing is a crash course. And mm. it it is incredible because the crash course always brings me back to what I already know. I just need to embody mm. it, it's there, it's right there for all of us. We just have to have that that confidence to take the steps to feel it and make it something that this world can feel through you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a journey, it's such a blessed journey.
1: Grounded action also means um, acting upon our intuitive uh, guidance. Like sometimes we know, uh, but we have not learned to trust it yet. So that takes some time as well. And eventually, when we trust our uh, intuitive wisdom more and more, then we start to take action based on it. And that is where we have more, what we call as grounded and conscious action. It really comes from our inner uh, intuitive guidance. And the more we practice, the more our inner truth can be revealed, can be seen, and can be acknowledged. Yeah, I think so. That goes back to also uh, what it means to be a uh, grounded uh, spiritual practitioner. Uh, A grounded, a seeker is really putting things into action, the things that we learn um, more so when it comes to our intuitive guidance. And people always worry, well, I can't differentiate. Is it my intuition or is it my fear, voice of fear? And unfortunately, there's no shortcut, right? The the only way is through practice. Then um, after a while, we can more easily discern between which is our true intuitive guidance versus which is actually our voice of fear. Yeah, I think this is very helpful to know.
0: You are absolutely right. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. I, mm. I realise we are, you know, at uh, what, we have probably another five to ten minutes left, but I, I do definitely want to ask you this question because I feel, sure. I feel it's the right time now. Um, spirituality and relationships. Mm. What what relationships you know relationships soulmates yeah. twin flames shadow work related to this i mean this place this space is huge right and so mm, many of yeah. us have entered relationships you know looking at it as the uh the the outer image of it you know the the mm. the whole yeah we need to have a relationship but what is the role of a relationship Oh
1: yeah, that especially in the spiritual path, yes, uh, yes, relationships have uh, very important roles. Um, first and foremost, um, to help us learn about who we are, and sometimes in order to learn about who we are, um, the, the the partner or the other person would have to bring difficult lessons. So this is what I usually call as the the shadow soulmate. Um, they in a way force us to take back our power. Uh, sometimes forces us to uh, speak our truth by challenging our boundaries, uh, forces us to acknowledge who we really are, what we want for ourselves, and also what we don't want. So that's why um, uh, shadow-soulmate relationships can be very intense and can also appear very, very difficult, uh, sometimes even chaotic, and often uh, painful as well. Um, and what happens is once we have learned all the lessons from such a difficult relationship, um, there will be a huge shift, either the, the two separate, so we no longer need the the shadow soulmate and we can move on uh, into other stations in our life, not just to meet other people, but sometimes uh, we can emerge from the shadow as a much stronger, wiser brighter person. And then, of course, you can decide whatever you want to do with that. So that is the... Uh, Many many soulmate relationships are um, shadow relationships um, today there's a very uh, good word to describe it actually trauma bond
0: yes that's it yeah I like the that. trauma
1: bond mm. and uh, it's a it, it feels like such a magnetizing relationship because there is uh, the same trauma that is resonating in others and the the purpose of coming together is to discover that Trauma, not in the other person, but in our own selves, because that is what drew us together in the first place. And as we work to acknowledge and heal that inner trauma, so that the nature of the relationship will also shift. Yeah.
0: Yes, there's sexy, sexy terms out there like karmic relationships, and um, mm. and people have so much fear, you know, in terms of like the questions that I get asked in my sessions are, is this a karmic mm. relationship? What's my karma going to end up doing for me? Um, and it, it really, really begs me to, to bring in that, that concept of grounded spirituality here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what would you say to someone who is, you know, so afraid of the outcome of something that they, they believe is, is drawing them in? But it's it's um it's not for for them.
1: I mm. I I I guess it goes back to the, the golden question. What is the lesson? Yes. Um yeah, what is the lesson? The the fact that we are drawn it's to true. whether it is a person or, or a situation, um for whatever reason there is a magnetism there. It means our soul and our energy wants to learn something from it. And of course the outcome of every learning is empowerment. That means we take, we, we take back um, our power, or we gain wisdom from it, and therefore become more um, efficient and effective as a, a human being. So always find a lesson. But also, if it's a nice relationship, then don't forget to enjoy the process. It's not always just you know, study, 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 training, and training. But find the lesson, but whenever possible, enjoy the process.
0: Yeah, very nice, very nice. Thank you. <clears throat> and this is my my final question, but I think it's really, really important as, mm. you know, spirituality becomes more and more a part of our daily life
1: yeah. is
0: the growth in spiritual teachers, people beginning mm. to take on their gifts and, you know, making, making themselves known, put, putting themselves out there as teachers um this is a journey by itself and i i, I know this mm. from my own experience of how many falls and how many rebirths i've had in this process yeah. but what what would you what, what 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 would you say um to anyone who's you know seeking um their next journey of of growth what what should they look out for in a in a teacher or what should they mm. should they be aware of within them maybe that mm. would
1: attract the wrong teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess even compared to five, six years ago, like today, we have so many, um, many more practitioners and teachers, um, and and I think it's it is part of the overall growth, uh, pushing towards um, awareness collectively. Um, what to look for in a teacher. I guess, don't be afraid to check their credentials, where, where they, they, they come from, where their teachings come from, where their modality comes from. And um, it could be something as simple, do, do they practice what they preach or not? Do they walk the talk? And okay, sometimes it's difficult to, to see. But um, personally, I think as a well-being or spiritual practitioner, you have to look somewhat healthy Somewhat uh, vibrant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that is a, a, a one of the telling signs because I am how I look at it is that if if what I offer is not working well for me, then I probably shouldn't be offering it. Uh, so if if it's working well for me and it's bringing me to a more empowered state as a practitioner, as a teacher, and therefore I should. Um, I should radiate some form of good health. Um, now, of course, uh, the definition of good health is very, very wide. So we have to just um, sometimes be sensible and, and just have have a look and, and look uh, at the signs of um, good health or not. Now, again, bearing in mind, no one is perfect. No no one human or even no spiritual uh, teacher is, is perfect. But Overall, we want them to be quite healthy. And don't forget to trust your intuition even as as students. I myself have so many teachers. um, Some have passed on, some are new. Always trust what your intuition tells you. If you see red flags, then just take a step back and really think, what is drawing me to this uh, teacher? What, What am I really seeking to learn from this teacher or this modality? And sometimes when things sound too good to be true, chances are they are too good to be true. So, yeah, yeah. take note of your intuition, but also be sensible. Do your own research and um, background check. Do not be afraid to ask questions. I believe any, um, any decent practitioner will not be offended at all if you want to understand more of like where they come from uh, the work they offer, the nature of the the work they offer,
0: yeah.
1: Ask questions.
0: Yes, very, 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 very true. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting space now. With um, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs having to mm. in, interact with reels, having to interact with um, all <laughs> kinds of social media, and it's a it's a fuzzy it's a fuzzy space. Um, yeah, there's a lot of illusions. And mm, it is, yeah. it is um, personally challenging to 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 navigate so um, you know it's 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 an interesting time a very interesting time yeah and um, okay I think mm-hmm. we have reached the end of our mm. podcast but I would like to ask you a little bit about what you're doing next year I know Nepal is coming up I know you have so many trips to to Egypt. Um, hmm. What what's happening? What, what's your schedule looking like between now and the end of next year?
1: Yeah, uh, I think for the first time, I'll be doing three different trips in, in a year. So that is a lot. Uh, yes. in, in February, we, uh, we're going to Nepal. So I have a, a, a different group uh, already preparing for Nepal. And then in May is a new uh, Shakti retreat um, so it will be in yeah. Egypt, but it will be in the oasis. So we'll, we'll be mostly out in the desert, not so much in Cairo. We won't be seeing the Nile. Uh, so we'll spend time in, uh, in Siwa Oasis. And what's special about this place is that it's surrounded by salt, water lakes. So the air itself is very charged um, because of this salt. And there's a lot of healing uh, work that we can do. Uh, it, it just makes it so much easier, more conducive because the whole area is like, supercharged with, because of the salt water. So uh, we'll be delving, uh, working with Shakti, coming back to the goddess, uh, coming back mm-hmm. to very mm-hmm. mm-hmm. simple tantric practices, breathing, uh, some mudras, uh, lots of mantras. Um, yeah, So the, the focus of it will actually be the goddess mantras. And I hope to... Help every participant based on their own Ayurvedic uh, constitution to find the right mantra for them so that they can use that as their daily practice, a sadhana, at least for the coming nine months um, for their own healing, empowerment, and well, the rest Shakti will do the rest. Yeah, so that's why I'm so excited about this uh, retreat uh, in May and then fast forward in October. Uh, going back to Egypt, but the the other parts of Egypt, the, the temples, the pyramids, and the, the Nile cruise and so forth. So yeah, I think I'll be working with three different groups. So it's very, very exciting. But at the same time, I'm I'm asking myself, why did I schedule so many things?
0: <laughs> it's exciting though. What what a yeah. 2023. 20, so yeah. um and and I I'm personally even very excited about your Batsa workshop. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. called actually to 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 that one too. I'm I'm just mm. I'm just I just feel like next year is all about exploring and really going for for mm. real wisdom, real not, not knowledge when it comes to mm. spirituality. Like more and more grounding is is what I feel. I I would like to begin to embody. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the stuff that you're offering next year. Yeah, me too. Um, yes, and what what would you uh, would like to say to my 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 listeners of this podcast, your listeners of this podcast as well? They're going to listen to you. Mm. It's all about yes. you. So, what what is your closing words for 2022?
1: Remember to breathe. Come back to the breath. Um, the the basics, the foundation of uh, breathing, and and sometimes when when things get tough or uh, when, when the purifications become seemingly overwhelming and we start to lose our uh, grasp on, on, on things around us, come back to your breath. Just take a few moments and just breathe. My, my motto for the year is um, keep breathing, stay bright. So bright meaning uh, clear, clear on what you want. And sometimes the, even when the mind is not clear, the body can guide us as long as we come back to our body using the breath just breathe and take your time and don't forget to enjoy the process
0: <laughs> yeah amazing don't forget to enjoy the process it is yeah. it's a really 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 important reminder that ah mm. fantastic thank you so much for my pleasure all that today Sherwin totally Appreciate you being here and so much gratitude for founding House of Kite in Kuala Lumpur. I think many, many people are very grateful that you were born (laughs) into this city, into Malaysia. I don't know anyone else who is doing sacred trips um, to all the power centers that you do. And Hmm. it, it, it really takes a lot to be able to put that together, to carry us through and to see it through to the end. Um, without, I mean, when in, in, my, in my trip, it was, it was seamless. I, I, I totally had, I felt like I was being carried all the way. So I'm, I was really happy um, at the very end. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you thank so you. much for being courageous enough to be a starter in the space of spirituality. It is not easy. That is not easy and it takes real credit. So please um, indulge and have a wonderful day wherever you are. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much. All right.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you have it, everyone. If you would like to contact Sherwin, you can find him on House of Kite on Facebook or Osiris Alchemy on Earth on Facebook. Or you can find him as Horace Bright Samadhi on Instagram. Have a great day, everyone. Bye for now.